up, everybody? We back. R2C2. Another week. What's good, guys? Hey, I got a lot of positive feedback on our soccer episode that we did, man. Oh, yeah? Yeah. People, I mean, we talk football and football. And uh, I, I don't know. Maybe people did not fully realize uh, the passionate uh, soccer fans that we have on this pod. I mean, you are a serious, serious soccer fan. And I love the sport as well. I don't follow it as much as you do. But this is a great time of year for people like us, man. No, it's it's this is like the sport that can like unite the whole country. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm watching, you know, on social media and like it's kids watching in math class and my son's talking about, you know, the the Matt Turner, the the goal, the guy in goals from Park Ridge, which is close to our house. And like it's it's, you know, Tyler Adams and like it's yeah, it's cool to 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 see all these people interested in, in, in soccer. You know what I'm saying? And it only happens when the when the US is good in the World Cup. But but it's one of those things where like, I mean, Random people turn into fans of soccer because it's the whole country. Yeah. Because it's the U.S. It's not the Yankees playing against the Dodgers or the Raiders or the Giants playing against the 49ers or whatever. This is like country against country. So it's one of the one times when the whole country can get united and get behind something. And it's cool that it's soccer. Yeah, man. It's it's really fun the way that the World Cup unites us like that. It's the stars and the stripes, man. It just... You know, people all are going to get into the sport, whether they like soccer or not, whether they watch soccer or not, because it's that USA across the chest, and it's a yeah. and it's a rare event too. And you know? it's a rare event, and the bars are packed. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, all my boys are at home are like, man, the bars was cracking last <laughs> yesterday all day. So it's just one of those things where people can get behind it for so many different reasons. But it's it's cool for me to just to see that soccer is, you know, kind of taking the main stage here in the in the U.S. for a little bit, and hopefully hopefully it stays that way because we get the World Cup in twenty six. So yeah. hopefully you know we get a lot of kids watching Christian score that goal yesterday and want to you know make soccer their main sport, and then you know we can get better as a country in in the sport. And if you think about it, like in twenty six, we really should be primed to make maybe our deepest run with this core because mm-hmm. right now they're probably like just before peaking, you know? Um, and hopefully in those four years, we develop a, a true striker because like, as we've seen this team, this team has shown a ton of talent, a ton of skill, some beautiful setups, like very consistent pressure, especially, you know, in the first halves of, uh, of these games. I think um, they've gotten a little too defensive in the second half against Wales and the second half against Iran. But, um, but we just haven't had the person to just, you know, who can just basically hunt goals, right? That striker to finish it off. So if that person can develop with everyone else we have, man, I feel great about the squad going into 26. Yeah, for sure. I mean, all these guys should be around 27, 28 years old going into the next world cup. So yeah, I mean that's that's they should be in their prime. A lot of these guys after this World Cup should get contracts in Europe and the way these guys are playing, you know what I'm saying? So it'll be it'll be fun to see. Is it interesting to you too? Like there's something about a soccer broadcast that I feel especially connected to. Like a soccer broadcast really affects my viewing experience. And I don't know if it's just because I'm a play by play guy or or whatever it might be, but like 
I, I really enjoyed the broadcast yesterday. And like, so I was, I, I, I booked my physical for yesterday, 245. My doctor is amazing. She books like 18 months out for her physicals. They helped me out and, and were able to get me in earlier. And then I had to cancel because Evie was sick. This was like five weeks ago. So they rescheduled for now. Evie's sick again. And the U.S. is playing. I'm like, I can't, I'm like, I can't cancel. I got, I have to, I have to go. So I literally, I plug in the Fox Sports app because I didn't know where it was on radio to listen, and I'm just like listening to the TV broadcast as I'm driving to to my appointment, man. And then I'm sitting in the waiting room watching on the app, and then I'm literally waiting for my EKG, like sitting on the radiator watching the the stoppage time, man. But the and that's. But the, that's what everybody was doing yes, yesterday. You yes, know what I'm saying? Man, yes. That's what everybody was doing yesterday. And that's 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 it makes it super cool. Yeah. And the broadcast was great. Like they like I could feel the anticipation of the Pulisic goal because of like just the way it was called. Uh which the dude, what what's the guy's name who who um got the assist on that goal? Because he was fantastic in that first half, especially. Um Oh, Dest. Yes. Yes, yeah. he played great. He was applying constant pressure uh, on uh, on Iran, man. And that goal was terrific. And it's funny because we talk about not having like a true like finisher striker, and that's not necessarily what Pulisic is. But like he clearly was just like, I got to get this done one way or another for for my group, man. He was calling for the ball all day yesterday too. Like right before that, like he was in the box. Like he wanted he wanted that moment. You know what I'm saying? Like. If you watched everything building up to that, he was making passes in the box. He wanted it back every time. Like, he was calling for the ball from Wea and from Des and everybody. So, I mean, he 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 was really feeling it yesterday. And for him to score that goal was huge. And it's fun to see because I feel like we've been waiting on him in the World Cup, right? Like, we they didn't qualify in 18. That was devastating to him. We've been hearing his name for years about you know, Hey, this guy is, he's, he's the next big thing. He's the real hope for American soccer. So for him to have that moment to get us through the group stage, which had to happen, right? If you were going to generate excitement and belief that this group can, can do something, you know, beyond what we've seen thus far in us soccer, you couldn't then lose to Iran or tie them and not make it out of the group stage. Like that would have been massively disappointing. And he came through. No, that would have been a huge disappointment after not being in the World Cup, you know, um, in 18. And then, you know, we got all this buildup coming to 26. There's no way we couldn't have made it out of the group stage. That would have been fucking devastating for the, for the sport over here. So the fact that, like you said, we've been hearing his name forever um, and that he comes up with this huge moment. Um, you know, they wanted to be Captain America so bad. You know <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and for him to come up with that moment was 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 really cool. You know, I was thinking about, we were talking last week that the moment, like speaking to the bars and watching the bars, I remember what it was. It was the Landon Donovan goal against Algeria that put us through the, in 2010, that -hmm. put us through the group stage. That was the, um, that was the moment I was thinking of where it was just incredible that, uh, because I think he scored that goal in like stoppage time, if I remember right. Yeah, and I, and I I think a lot of the guys on the team now were saying that 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 was a big moment for them to start playing 
soccer mm. and then start taking it serious, um, you know, and, and the wanting to play for the U.S. So, like I said, hopefully there's some kids watching, you know, this this World Cup and saw that goal and be inspired to, you know, take us to the next level. Who has stood out to you, see, as someone who really knows soccer, who loves the game, who who has stood out to you watching that you're like, damn, he, he can really play? Um, I guess Timothy Weah. Hmm. You know, I, I didn't I didn't really know much about him, you know, coming into this World Cup, but having a chance to watch him, man, he he's he he almost scored early too. Yeah. He almost scored early from a on the same play that he scored uh at the goal against uh the goal against Wales. Yes. He almost it was almost the same thing from from Pulisic. So I think he could end up being that guy, um that that scorer, that finisher that we would that we would need to, you know, carry us to the next level. He's fast, man. He's super fast, yeah, guys. What's really crazy fast. is like watching all of these world, all of these nations in the World Cup. They're all fast, guys. Like you watch Ghana, they're so fucking fast on the on the pitch. Like it's it's insane. Like it, it's it's uh it's cool to watch these guys playing for their country too. Yeah, because the competition, everything is just so heightened, and and everything is is you know, so much more at stake and to watch these guys, you know, play at a, such a high level and be able to, I mean, you watch Brazil and yeah. they get passes and the touch, the ball stays right on their foot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's, it's insane watching some of the skill that these guys have. It's crazy, man. The, the, the talent and skill is it's, it's unbelievable. It's just such a great event, man. And to have the games on during the day, it's just wonderful. It's just yeah. so, oh, it's so fun to just have these games on. And what's been amazing, too, is I think that, like, there's been a really interesting level of parity. You know, like, you you don't necessarily have nations that are just, like, breaking away, clearly going to destroy people or, like, clearly going to escape their group. You've had, like, teams going into that third game still very much needing something to happen, even as we record Wednesday afternoon, right? Knowing that that entire group with Group C, with Poland, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, and Mexico, Mexico. they're all still, they all still are in play to, to advance, right? I'm pretty sure every single one of them can still advance depending on what happens in their respective games. Yeah, if Mexico and Argentina don't don't advance, like it's it's that's devastating for those countries. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I mean, it's one thing for us to like not do well in the World Cup, but it's it's a big deal in Mexico and in those, you know, those uh those those South American countries. Like it's it's huge. huge. It's it's big business down there. So, um yeah, these are two big matches today. So, do you have any did you watch the Netherlands closely in their uh their their group play matches I, I watched I watched one of the Netherlands uh matches early um but and and they didn't look like like you said I mean they they look like 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 it's a lot of like it looked like a team that we can beat right. you know what I'm saying yes like they're like you said there's a lot of parity in this world cup I mean nobody looks like a clear cut, like holy shit! There, nobody's gonna beat that that squad. You know what I'm saying? So, right. The Netherlands is a really, really good team, but I don't think that there's their team that that the U.S. can't beat. They're, 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 they, the U.S. will get beat if they play the way they played against Wales and against Iran, where they they get too defensive and and not um, aggressive and trying to 
you know, score goals or even just keep the keep the ball, just have possession of the ball. Right. Um, I feel like we give that up. So if that happens, I think we'll lose. But I think if we play two halves like we played the first half of yesterday's game uh match and the and, and the Wells match, you play you put those two halves together. And I think they can beat anybody. Yeah. They, I mean, they turned the end of yesterday's game into a heart a attack. Shit show. Oh, yeah, my no, gosh, it man. It was crazy. And it was like we were so obviously better. Like in the first half, you saw that. And I, the whole time I'm thinking, please get, get the second goal because I'm really worried about strategically what we're going to look like in the second half. Yeah. Protecting even a one nothing lead. If I, yeah. But if I if, if I ran just ties us, if we draw, then it's over. We're, we're done. You know and, what I'm saying? So it was like, it was, it was, yeah, that was hard. That was hard to watch. Is the last time we made it to the round of eight when we lost? I remember I had, I think it was, did we lose to Germany back in like 2006, maybe? Is that when it was? Like, we should look that up. When's the last time? Um, because I remember waking up super early to watch the game. Um, in the World Cup, like, but but I think like we lost, we lost to Belgium in 2014 in the uh, in the elimination round, right? In the round of six, in the, in the round, round of sixteen, in the knockout round. Yep, yeah. in the knockout round, and then in 2010, did we lose to Germany in 2010? I'm not sure. Um, but we got to look that up. Yeah. When when's the last time? When is the last time that we went on? We went to the round of sixteen. I mean, we went to the round of eight. Let's see, which is considered the quarterfinals. Oh, mm-hmm. it was two thousand two. It was 2002. the year before. Yeah, two thousand two. We lost to. Um, did we lose to Germany? I and I think that's that's the highest we've ever been ranked. Was like fourth in the in the world. Oh, was we right were that around there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right around there. Yeah. Like two thousand two, three, four. And that's the furthest we've ever gone in the World Cup. Which, you know, keep in mind, from we did not qualify from nineteen fifty to nineteen ninety. Mm-hmm. We did not qualify. Like that is crazy, man. But so it's fun to see people into it, man. It's it's fun to see it unifying. And it's just fun to be in these games where, you know, you're kind of anticipating, anticipating, and one moment can come out of nowhere and change everything. You know, yeah, it's, and it, it's just cool to have like some pride in the in yeah. the U.S. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's I mean, the, you know, the, the the states is such a diverse place where people from all over. So to you know, you people, I see people with Ecuador jerseys and France jerseys, and yeah. to be able to now have like a U.S. soccer shirt and wear it like proudly is cool. It is cool, man. It is cool. By the way, I was just looking through the only two teams that even have a shot at going. 3 and 0 with 3 wins in group play are Portugal and Brazil. Everybody mm-hmm. else has at least one loss or one draw. So you know, kind of to our point about the nobody looking like a total dominant juggernaut, like I guess those two teams would be the closest thing to it. But yeah, I watched when the Netherlands played Ecuador. Ecuador really impressed me. That was Ecuador, Senegal and Netherlands all look good in that group A and unfortunately for Ecuador, they went home, but like yeah. I watched watch the Netherlands, and again, same thing. See, I didn't think like, oh, that's a team that can't be beat. So Saturday um, at ten a.m. ten a.m. You'll be ready to go. Yep. 
what is your like for a big game like that? Do you like to watch alone with family, with friends, big group, small group? What do you like to do for like a big uh, game to care about? No, it's, I like to watch in a big group. Yeah. Um, yesterday, I watched just it was just me and Mikey watching yesterday. But Saturday, I'll probably find some find somewhere to watch it for sure. Yeah, that's fun, man. I know I got to figure out what I, Saturday I'll be in off a of red eye from the bay. If oh, so in, you, it'll be it'll be perfect. It'll be yeah. like it'll be rolling right into the match. Boom. You know what I'm saying? No nap for me that day. I'm going no right in. Nap after. Yeah, exactly. By the way, I'm kind of on the no sleep zone anyway with Evie being sick. So I'm I'm primed uh, yeah. for it, man. There's some big college football games this weekend too. Like USC plays Utah on Friday, which is a huge game for the playoff. Um you got the ACC and the SEC championship game. So it's a when the World Cup's happening, it makes everything else so big. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like because these matches are usually in the morning. And then it just sets off the rest of your sports day. Yeah, that's true, man. Um, well, I'm looking forward to it. Hope you guys are enjoying the World Cup as well. Uh, C and I will certainly, certainly have thoughts recapping next uh, next week. C, um, I uh, I want us to to hit on a little hoops and and football. One baseball note: we have one big signing with Jose Abreu signing with the Astros. And I don't know your perspective, man, but to me. I just, he to me has been a hitter who has sort of been underappreciated. Maybe, you know, maybe because the White Sox have, you know, flown under the radar, haven't been a, haven't been a consistent force, you know, haven't totally blossomed like we thought they would, but he is going to be a problem in Houston. No, he's a professional hitter. I mean, it's just like, he's like the right-handed Michael Brantley. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Well, he's one of those guys, he's super consistent. He has good at-bats, hits the ball hard consistently, but, like, he don't get a lot of praise for it. You know what I'm saying? But just a, a, a guy that's, like, professional, got some going there and play a good first base. Like, the Astros are doing shit like the old Yankees used to do. Like, they go win the World Series and then address exactly what they need right, right away. Mm-hmm. Like, this team is built to win again, and then they go out and just add a vet like that, like, Right away, they identify with exactly what they need for their team going forward, then go get them. You heard them early in the year. I mean, early in the offseason talking about, you know, Anthony Rizzo was a guy that they wanted to sign back. Obviously, he was a priority for the Yankees. Signs back with the Yankees. They're like, all right, we'll move on to the next guy. Yep. So it's just the Astros doing what the fucking Astros do. This is so Abreu last year hit less home runs, but still hit 304. He uh, he had a 378 on base percentage. He slugged a little less, but in his career, see, he's had let's see how many years hitting over 300. He's hit over 300 four times. He's had 30 homers one, two, three, four, five times, and he's had over 100 ribbies six times. He's only been in the big leagues nine years, bro. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Shit is crazy, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculously consistent. I mean, he won an MVP in 2020. He he won Rookie of the Year, and he has uh, three All-Star appearances. Yeah, he's going to be... And you just know there's something about being there, too, that I feel like <laughs> brings out the best of guys. Like, you just know, as much as you already realized he was a good hitter, he's going to put on that uniform, and everybody's going to be like, oh, my gosh, this guy is... No, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I'd be interested to see what they do, especially you throw him in there with Jordan 
and fucking in between Jordan and and Guriel, whatever. Well, however they shake it out, I'd be interested to see what they do with starting pitching. If mm. they go out and sign another guy, if Verlander ends up going to the Dodgers, yeah, that would be interesting. Although I feel like well, who's that guy um, who is a young stud but wasn't quite ready yet, but he got a little time in the pen in the playoffs. Brown, something Brown, is that right? We saw. Oh him. yeah, they're Hunt, Hunter Brown. Hunter yeah. Brown. Yeah, watch he'll 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 win seventeen he'll games have a two ERA. Yeah, <laughs> he's next. He's next. He'll he'll drink whatever water they got down there in Houston. That makes every single pitcher <laughs> Cy Young. It's I mean it's incredible looking at their staff. It is unbelievable, and we'll see. There was one report saying that you know oh, Judge could sign soon. Winter meetings are December fourth to the seventh. So I think. Next week, we'll probably have a lot of activity to reflect upon, see. Yeah, I'm headed out to the winter meetings just to be nosy. So I'll have a Ooh, lot of, I'll have a really? lot of, uh, I have a lot to report on. Yeah, I, I mean, I plan on going right now. It's Wednesday. We'll yeah. see. Uh, <laughs> as, of, as of Wednesday this week, it's, I plan on going. It's five I'll, days away. I'll, we'll I'll see. let you know. Yeah. I'll let you know how I feel five days. But oh my yeah, gosh. that's the plan. Uh, I just want to go and be nosy, guys. Uh, Winter meetings is fun, cause to be honest, where like, are it's they a lot of, this year? It's in San Diego. Okay, but it's a lot of vendors and shit. Like people try to sell shit to MLB, and like you get a lot ah. of free shit. You know what I'm saying? It's actually pretty fun. So you're there for like the I'm virtual there, reality bro, goggles always, that they're giving I'm, away. I'm, I'm 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 everywhere for free shit. That's the only thing I go. Uh, if you give me free shit, I'll go anywhere, cause so <laughs> put it, it on a t-shirt. What it is. It, free shit, I'm there. Can you even fit any more free shit in your closet at this point, man? No, but it, that, yeah. that's that's not the point. But just bring it. I'll, I'll figure hoard it. it out. You'll hoard yeah. it. Do just you, give me the free shit. Do you have a free shit room in your house? No, but I bring it all back, and then what I don't want, I'll give away, and then everything else I keep. Okay, got it. I like you know it. What I'm saying? It's a win-win like, for everybody. When you come back from golf tournaments and shit, like I always like set everything out. What everybody, what the people want. Yeah, and they'll take. Yeah. Um, last year I went to. Uh, remember I won all that shit at Jeter's event last year. Yes, yes, so yes. I, I, I won like a, a, a curling iron and all kind of shit. And I gave it to Saya. Like I, it was, it was like all kind of weird, like Dyson <laughs> curling irons and shit. And the girls loved it. So, so you you didn't need the curling free iron shit, though. Guys. Free oh, shit. Oh my gosh, dude, that is hilarious. I um, I. I Kind of like the idea of you going to the winter meetings and just deciding that you're going to be a massive newsbreaker. Oh, like, yeah, I'm just being like three days. No, you should yeah. just like, you should just, you should literally just like do a like two or three day tweet binge of like every rumor you hear. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, what if you just, what if you just like full disclosure? I think people would still tell you stuff if you said like, hey, just so you know, I'm going to tweet everything you tell me. Like, that's my thing this week. <laughs> like, <laughs> and you're literally like, yo, I'm here in the meeting with San Francisco went too well. And then you're like, for, for judge. And then you're like, I'm hearing the Yankees are feeling good. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm hearing Verlander's really considering the angels. I don't know. Like you just like, <laughs> you just start tweeting nah, a bunch of stuff, I man. I can break all kind of bullshit, man. Oh, uh, I all think, kind of news. I think you should. I think it would be a, a, a fantastic. And I think you'd get away with it. Like, I don't think anyone who you kind of like blew up their spot would be that upset with you. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I feel like, but like, yeah, it's easy. He's, you know, it's just like kind of what he does, you know, like, what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. No, nah, nah, I'm just going so I can just hear. 
so right. I can be nosy. You just and listen without sharing. Whatever breaks, and we'll have the stories behind it. Fair enough. They're okay. That's fair. That's fair. See, um, NBA season now is at the the, the quarter mark. What are, are are there any things that have really stood out to you through this early part of the season that are that are top of mind for you? Man, right now, I think the first quarter of the season that the better teams are in the East. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's Boston or Philly or Milwaukee, um, Cleveland, Cleveland's Cleveland's really fucking good. Yeah, uh, Indiana's good. You know what I'm saying? So it's like deep. Um, I mean, I think the teams in the West have a lot of talent. They're just older. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the teams in the West are just older. Chris Paul's, I mean, what you know, in, in Arizona, he's older. You know what I mean? Like, the, the Warriors, they're an older team. The Lakers is a team is old as fuck. The Clippers are old. So, like, you just got to get them to the tournament. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's happening in the regular season and all this shit, like, that don't matter. Like, just when 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 it's April and you get them in the tournament – I think we'll see a different level of basketball out of the West, but it's it's uh it's pretty cool to see the better teams in the East this this year to, as a whole because for the for the longest time the West have been a better conference, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So to see that kind of shift now and have it be younger, like the East is it's a lot of young stars, you yeah. know, with Cleveland with Darius Garland and and uh and Spider Mitchell, you know what I'm saying, and Evan Mobley. So it's fun to watch these guys, you know, kind of come into their own and kind of take over the league. It's pretty cool. Totally agree on that youth point. Like, I think the thing that has stood out to me a lot watching in the last two years is how valuable it is to have young peaking stars and the effects that they have, right? Like, if you look at Boston, you know, Tatum and Brown are still what 24 and 25 years old like they're absurdly young and it makes a difference you know but they're experienced when you have young experienced talent that is peaking it, you it, it, you become a real force and i think you know we're seeing that with Boston with Tatum and Brown where you know Tatum was kind of like this all-star, now he is clearly a superstar. You know, I think we looked at Jalen Brown as like a really good player, sort of fringe all-star, and now we're like solidified. No, that dude is clearly like all-star, like no doubt, you know? And they're doing it in their mid-20s. And I also think what we're learning is continuity, like the value of continuity. We've been so focused on stars teaming up and, you know, seeing the success that certain teams had with that happening with LeBron and what he was able to do both in Miami and Cleveland in the bubble year, seeing the Lakers and what they were able to do with LeBron and AD. But I think over the last couple of seasons and this year, again, we're seeing the value of continuity of a group that knows each other of players that, you know, have a rhythm with one another. Like there's a reason why Phoenix, despite weird turmoil with Deandre Ayton, despite strangeness with Jay Crowder, why they're still going out right now. They're first in the West. They've, they've got real continuity there. Boston, not only the young stars in their prom prime, but they have real continuity with their starting lineup. Milwaukee, same thing, continuity with that roster. Like there's a value for that where, you know, you it's basketball is a sport where you may have that talent, but you still need to know how to play with each other. Yeah. And, but uh, you're right. I think, you know, now, I'm not going to blame this on LeBron, but getting back to like the when it was the big three, 
people were just slapping teams together. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's go get these two or three stars, and then we'll just slap the rest of these motherfuckers together. Yes. You know, we'll just get a couple shooters and a guy to rebound, and then we'll be fine. <laughs> but no, yeah. that's, that shit don't work, guys. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It was working for LeBron or whoever else because he's actually friends with D-Wade, and they brought Chris Bosh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the continuity was there yeah. between those three. You can't just slap. Uh, like, even when Kevin Durant went to the Warriors, the continuity was there because that core had been there forever. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And like you said, was experienced and was young. And so you can you can throw a KD into that, and it'll be fine. But I think people just started like, Oh, all I need is a star and fucking a couple of shooters. No, the fuck you can't win like that. Nope. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially in hoop when it's only 15 guys and they're together all the time. And it's a small, tight-knit group of people. So the the the, the closer you can get that group, the better off you are two, three years down the line. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and like you say, you're seeing it in Boston. You're seeing it in Milwaukee. You, you, Phoenix. I think... Phoenix, I think Philly is trying to do that. They just they can't get the right mix. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? yeah, yeah. They got they they trying to get the right mix around and B, but it just ain't mixing right. So um, I still feel they got a little work to do as far as the team, you know, continuity wise. But yeah, I mean uh, that, that's that actually is the fucking formula to win now is is making sure that you have you know young guys that get along. Yeah, and I still I think it was interesting hearing what um, Van Gundy talked about with us a couple of weeks ago, which he was so good. If you guys haven't listened to that episode, definitely go back, check it out on our YouTube page or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, but what he was talking about, he really thinks like the Warriors will look back and be like, wow, like we, we kind of stole that title. I, I don't, I'm paraphrasing Jeff's thoughts, but like he looked at it and still thinks Boston was, you know, the better team. The better team. Um, we said that though. If Robert Williams is healthy, they probably would have won. But and even with even with him, yes, and even with him like in and out, they were primed to win that. But like you could see the the experience, like this was sort of the 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 exception of like the veterans who just like really know how to win and still have one you know superstar thriving and, in his prime carrying them. You know, it kind of reminds me of. I've been watching that. I watched that Shaq. Uh, you watched the Shaq documentary? I haven't yet. Oh, How is it? You got to watch the first first episode. You know okay. I love Shaq, so it's yeah. great. Um, but it reminds me of like when him and Penny played that that Rockets team. Yeah. When they had all that talent, all the, the young guys, all that talent against those experienced vets. And it's just like, oh, these young guys are going to kill these old motherfuckers. Yep. But that it was the experience that took over and in those big moments that you know, I think got the Warriors that championship last year. And and I've seen it up close, see, with Brooklyn and them trying to figure it out, like the value of actually playing together. Because one thing I have seen this year in spurts is they will play some unbelievably beautiful, unselfish basketball. Like they had four straight games of 30 plus assists, franchise record. Ben was just starting to play like Ben again, and now his knee's sore. So you hope he's not out too long. But you also see like, when there's not that much experience with each other, kind of like learning each other, how to hold each other accountable, you know, making sure that there's like a trust and a communication on defense so that you don't take plays off. Because one of the things that I do think happens in basketball in particular, when you have a team that's really talented, especially on the offensive end, and maybe they don't have that continuity, there is this feeling of like, 
whether it's conscious or subliminal, hey, like we don't necessarily have to lock in every single play because we know we can just kind of score when we want to, you know? And the reality is this league is too damn good for that. Like you, you, you can't be a great team in this league and not be locked in 99% of the time. And I think that's kind of what you see from a Milwaukee or a Boston. And that's what a team like Brooklyn and maybe Philly is still looking for. Like, how do I get to a place where I'm, I'm, I'm making the, the, my talent gel. And I'm also coming with the level of focus and commitment on a consistent basis. I think the biggest, the biggest, the words you said in there was the accountability. And that's, and that's from ha- having guys that, that know each other and to play together. So if, if KD can hold Kyrie accountable for not picking up a guy on defense, then he can yell at anybody. You know what I'm saying? That, and that allows anybody to be able to yell at Kyrie. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And, and, yes. That, and that, allows, that allows the team to have accountability. But if you don't have that, then you fucked. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And, and when you have teams slapped together, it's hard to have to hold people accountable because you just don't know if that's the way I should talk to that person, mm. you know what I'm saying? Mm. Or, or, or should I take him to a side or, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's everybody trying to figure out everybody in their, in their space and basketball. These guys, all these guys in their own head are superstars mm-hmm. and they got their own brand and how they think the way shit should go. So yeah, it's hard to, to hold people accountable. I mean, even to the point where Jay, where Draymond thought he was holding KD accountable and that shit ran him out of San Francisco. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you got to be careful with like how you talk to people, especially on the basketball team. Yeah, and that's where a Marcus Smart is probably like the perfect fit for those other two young stars, right? Like, because he kind of knows that he he has the equity built up there, being with them for years and years and years and years, and the way he plays so hard, it, it you know he's he's able to to speak a truth to them, kind of like an Iguodala could do yeah, as well in, in exactly. Golden State, you know? But then, and that perks everybody else up, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If Iggy gets on Steph, then then Jordan Poole hears that. You yes. know what I'm saying? Or Kaminga's yeah. hearing that, and, they, and, and it makes them perk up. I saw an interesting moment the other day. We didn't get to it on the broadcast, but when I was calling Nets uh, Blazers on um, Sunday night, where Kyrie, or Sunday afternoon, Kyrie seemed to be upset about something after a timeout and was kind of sitting outside the huddle a little bit. And as they were getting ready to go back on the floor, which listen, that happens in the NBA. Kyrie is, is certainly not the first player to sit on the outside of a huddle. So let me be very clear about that. Cause his name is a buzzword. word, but I bring it up to say, what was interesting to me is seeing Markeith Morris like Markeith Morris kind of pulled him aside afterwards before they got back on the floor. And I could tell he was probably trying to be like, you know, let, let me hear what you're thinking. Let me tell you this perspective. And he kind of is a dude who is probably a guy who can hold you accountable without even necessarily having to play. Right. And those guys are special gems. I think in sports, the guy who you can got, do that. You got Haslam. Bingo. You know what I'm saying? Bingo. Yeah, exactly. Right. See those guys who can kind of, keep everyone in check and like have that respect, even if they're not the dude who's putting up 25 a game. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, if you have that, then it's, it's a special thing. You know, it's not a lot of those guys though. No, but it's why it's why Iggy sits on the bench It's why, you know, UD sits on the bench. You know, I, I can't, I can't even think of any other guys in the league right now that are that way. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, there's always one or two guys that you know that are that are that can hold you accountable and that are gatekeepers to the organization. And that's what I always talk about, whether it's the Yankees or the Miami Heat or whoever else. You need those guys that 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 sets the tone for the organization and how you're supposed to act and how you're supposed to feel, how you're supposed to walk around. Yeah. I, you know, you were talking about the way you were describing, like when you said, cause you may not know how to talk to that person. That's why the, the continuity plays a role in accountability in that. And it's so true. Like I was just thinking about it in my own career. My, the producer I've worked with the longest is Frank DeGrace my Nets producer, who's as good as any producer in the country. You've heard me mention Frank before. You work with Frank on a preseason game. And Frank can literally say anything to me. Like Frank, Frank could be short with me. Frank, Frank knows how to build me up, but he also like knows how to keep me in check or like, dude, what are you doing saying that? I told you we're going to do a graphic on that later. You know, he has no problem saying that to me. And I don't get my back up about it because I'm like, it's Frank. He knows me. I know him. Like he trusts me. I trust him. He, he like he could talk to me however he wants to talk to me and it's just going to make me better. Or if I disagree, I have no problem being like, "No man, this is why I did that." and being able to go back. Now, if I'm working with a producer for the first time or it's like year 1 or year 2 and they do that, I'm not hearing it the same way even if they're right, you know? And like there is something about that when you slap a team together and you don't have those relationships, you don't have those experiences, it's harder to, to actually like be willing and be receptive to listen to people. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's, that's the biggest thing is, is being able to be receptive to whatever uh, criticism that you're getting from a teammate or, you know, somebody that you work with. Do you have a, you and I, I think had the same, what was your, my finals prediction was either the Sixers or the Nets against um, the Man, Warriors. Oh, yeah, I picked the Warriors for sure. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you want to change anything about your picks? No. I think the Warriors are still going to go to the finals. Okay. Um I think I think I Denver I picked in the East. I think Denver could be a sneaky interesting team. Man, we say that every year and then somebody get hurt. I know, Man, I know. Michael Porter. Or, I know. I know. I know. They but they're like they really have talent, man. Like yeah, they, they have. They have for the last three or four years, five <laughs> years, really. I know. You know, the, <laughs> like, what you really need to win in the NBA, and I think the final showed us this and the teams that got through the playoffs last year, like, you need to have six or seven guys who you feel totally comfortable with as two-way guys. You no, know, you like, need seven guys, guys. But that you feel good you need, offense and defense. Yeah, you need seven yeah. guys that you, that, you, that you can play at any time that can close out a game that that that's that that's gonna win you a championship. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about Boston. Boston has like nine. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um and they haven't even been totally healthy yet. No. So it's it's uh yeah, I mean it, I, I I think man. If I had to Boston. repick now, I pick the Celtics and the Bucks to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I think it probably would come down to, you know which team's healthier. I think like Boston's really hungry, but like Giannis is like, he's just such a force man. And they would have won last year if they had Middleton. I want to see Philly and uh, Milwaukee playing the playoff series. Oh, you want to see Embiid Giannis? I want to see Embiid and Giannis. Yeah. I think 
I think Giannis is a better player, but I think Embiid is like nasty. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I think I think it'll get a little chippy. Yeah, man. Oh, that'd be great. The West is interesting. I think you know because the Warriors have not been as good, but they've started to get it together of late. I have them against the Bulls. That was a Friday. good game last night. Great game against Dallas. Yeah. 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 Great game against Dallas, but. I think I'll. I'd. It's tough, man. Like, could Phoenix? Could this? Could Phoenix do it this year? West is wide open. I think, man. No, the West is wide open, and that's why I think it's still going to be the Warriors at the end of the day. Just get them to the tournament, man. Hey, you know what else? I, New Orleans really good this year, even with some injury issues, and Memphis really good even with Memphis injury is, issues. Memphis is really good. You know what's made the difference for? Uh, I feel like down in New Orleans is CJ McCollum. Yeah. And a guy that can hold those young guys accountable. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Somebody that's a professional. Um, you know, he's been through playoff series, and I think he's a perfect guy to, <clears throat> to be down there and just kind of steering the ship. Love Willie Green as a coach, too, man. Yep. Love Willie Green. See, um, NFL, did you enjoy the Thanksgiving games as much as you thought you were going to? Yeah, Thanksgiving. They they did a the NFL did a good job, man. I mean, they had the primetime games this year have been shitty, whether Thursday night or Monday night have been fucking terrible. But this this week was good. <laughs> Thursday was actually pretty entertaining, so it was uh, made up for it. Are you on the Mike White train for the New York Jets? Man, I don't even know who the fuck that is. There's uh, a dude who's a quarterback nah, this last week. Yeah, no, I know, I know. Threw for 300 uh, yards. No, he had a good game. It was good to see... Somebody be accountable, right? Like, Yeah, yes. You know what I mean? Like uh, Zach Wilson said he didn't let the defense down. Those guys were out there playing, I mean, as hard as they can, and they don't score any points. So now I, I, the, Jets are, the Jets have a great defense, guys, like a really, really good defense. And if they can just score enough points, whether it's 24 or whatever, that defense can hold some teams down, and I think they may have a chance to make some noise in the playoffs, guys. They they have some talent on offense too. Like yeah, if they, they have do. someone who can get get the football get them the out. Ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have some talent on offense. We we I think saw the Giants that. the Giants may be in trouble, guys. I wouldn't if you told me what's more likely, the Giants win 10 games or lose every single one of their remaining games, I think I would say lose every single one of their remaining games. Man. Which which I, I don't think they're going to because I think Dable is is a really good coach and they'll find a way to win one or two. But I, I can't see them getting to ten wins. I think it's the gonna Lions, be really hard to get to nine. The that Detroit loss was bad. That made it, you know what I'm saying? That made it that fucked them up. Yeah. Well, and, and also look, they are they're they have now key they had a great defense. They now have some of their top defenders hurt. Um and they're just they're not talented offensively really when you when it comes to their you know i mean daniel jones i think has looked good this year um but like but what would is, you would you sign him back of, i would yeah i would when i see the rest of the quarterbacks in this league and how hard it is to find like to me i want to see daniel jones with actual wide receivers you know like they're they, he he has been good enough to me this year for me to have hope if he has a good wide receiver core around him and, you know, it's obviously been encouraging seeing Saquon play the way he has this year. Um, but, dude, I'm looking at the rest of the schedule. Like, do they, they – they still have to play the Eagles twice. They still yeah. have to play Washington twice, who has been playing great lately. 
Then they have to play at the Vikings on Christmas Eve. And then their only other game is home against the Colts. Like that's a hellacious finish to the schedule for them with Washington now playing the way that they're playing. Yeah, yeah. no, <laughs> they could lose every one of they those could. games. Guys. They actually could. They actually could. It wouldn't be surprising. <laughs> it would not be surprising if they do. And then me and my team and your Raiders will be back in the same spot, man. Man, man, we need a, uh, yeah, both of us need a quarterback. I, you know what? I like that. Daniel Jones has shown me something this year, man. I, I don't know what he's showing you. I like him. He He's shown me something this year. I'm okay on Daniel Jones. And I love the head coach. And I like the GM a lot. So I feel good about the direction of the franchise, even if you they lose out. You know what's crazy? Is that, is, is that like, they're going to sign Daniel Jones back. And then three years from now, you, we're going to be sitting in the same spot. You're going to be like, ah, we just <laughs> need some receivers. I just... <laughs> <laughs> we're, just a little, we're just a little short on offense. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I know what's going on, guys. You're probably right about that. But I hope, Man, but I hope you're wrong. Set up, the league is set up because where the quarterback has to be the best player on the team, bro. Yeah. Like there's the Vikings are not the Vikings and San Francisco. Probably, huh? San Francisco. It's kind of an exception. They're not going to well. win, though. You know, they're not. So? I feel like the Niners have the best roster in the NFL outside yeah. of their quarterback. They have the they have everything because that is a complete fucking team, and they won't win the Super Bowl because their quarterback's not the best player on the team. Watch. Uh, so, who is your Super Bowl pick as of today? Who do you think goes to the Super Bowl? I think it's gonna be the Chiefs, and I and I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be the Chiefs, and I I think Eagles. I, I want to say the Niners, cuz. So, okay, there you go. But they're going to lose in the Super Bowl is what I'm saying. They're gonna, not going to win the Super Bowl. But that's a really good run. I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't want to. Uh, that's coming in second place, cuz. I don't want to come in second. Like, who cares? If, like, yeah. fuck that. If we had a better quarterback, they, they would easily be better than the Chiefs. But, I, I mean, I think they could lose to the Eagles because Jalen Hurts and what they're doing right now. You know what I'm saying? I think it's going to be the Eagles and the Niners in the NFC Championship game. I don't know what happens, but I think it's going to be those two teams. I think the Vikings are going to be in the NFC Championship game this year. I don't think so, cuz. I, I think, think Kirk, gonna Kirk Cousins is going to fuck this up. Why? I think Kirk Cousins is going to deliver. You're going to eat these he, words. He's never delivered, bro. Atta, he's Sadie, never Jackson, delivered. remember this. We're playing it back in about five Kirk weeks. Cu Kirk Cousins is going to fuck this up, bro. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I guess seven what? or eight weeks is more like it, but we'll see. What? Um, We'll we'll be on Kirk Cousins' watch for the rest of the season. Absolutely, um, it's always uh, it's always fun uh, getting to chat sports on R two C two. But uh, we'll do it again next week. We'll react to anything big that happens with the winter meetings. We'll be all over what happens with Team USA as well. Maybe throwing a bonus pod too. So you got to be subscribed to us. Here's the deal: you subscribe to us, good things happen for R two C two. So wherever you get R two C two, just make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you download the episodes. Tell everybody you know. And make sure you're checking out our YouTube page as well. Um, and uh, see, we will do it again shortly, my friend. Yes, sir. Peace. Peace. <laughs>